My guest today is Helen Riles. Helen is a full-time project manager and helps out with support for MakerPad and Transistor FM. She's the founder of Names Ace, Pod Words, and Office Hours Cards. Helen is a strong proponent of side projects and helps makers understand how they can benefit from creating and selling their own side hustle. Helen, welcome to the show. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Really excited to have you here. You recently had a, a pretty epic uh, tweet storm, a, a Twitter thread that went into a lot of detail about your experience building side projects and uh, and selling some of those. Um, you know, these are these are various things like uh, it looks like plugins, apps, and bots, <clears throat> digital downloads, uh, and various other forms of side projects. So I wonder if you can maybe just. Um, Maybe touch on on that that thread that you put out. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of the the things that you've done side project wise, and and some of the results that you have have gotten from it. Yeah, sure. So um, I guess the tweet started as a few uh, notes I'd kind of gathered over the over the past few um, years of selling side projects, and it's something I've not really talked about. I think a lot has talked about about making projects and maybe even marketing projects, but. Um, I guess the smaller side of uh, side projects and selling those is, is not really talked about very often. So I thought maybe my previous experience of selling you know, quite a range of different things might be helpful to people. And yeah, it seemed to be quite well received and, and I had lots of interesting conversations from that really. So yeah, just lots of um, discussion around different projects I've made and different apps and yeah, just trying to... Um, take a, a varied look at the uh, different maker landscape really and the different types of things you can make and sell. Awesome. Um, so what are some of the kinds of things you can make and sell? I mean, in your your experience with side projects, what uh, what are some of your, I guess, I mean, you've got a bunch of them. You've got a lot of stuff that you've done. Um, so maybe touch on some of the ones that you've liked best or uh, have worked the best. Like what, what are some of the, uh, the good experiences you've had with making and selling side projects? Yeah, so I guess, um, People probably think that you need to have um, a bigger business than you actually do to sell it. Maybe, maybe it needs to be sort of have really well established monthly recurring revenue. Um, and I guess what surprised people, I think, with the information I was putting out was that um, it can be actually a lot smaller than that. Um, it can actually be a lot smaller than that in the fact that um, you can start with even just selling a digital download and then passing that on to somebody else um, to see if they want to continue sell it and market it in their own way, really. Hmm. Okay. So that would that be with uh, like I I do a lot of uh, course sales. So I'll I'll create you know a full out course and and put it up for sale. It's uh, geared towards developers generally for me, and it's 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 to an audience that I've sort of cultivated you know over over the course of time. Um, would you say that like that scenario is would be a good fit for for that kind of thing where you'd be looking for someone to take it over or is it more of like a product that isn't so much attached to an audience like a, a specific audience yeah i think to be honest i think there's lots of things that people don't think can be sold that actually can be um so i think a lot of people worry that they are the face of the business and they are the brand i mean obviously if your product is, is named after you then that is difficult but um you can break down what it is that is an asset, um, whether that's the course content, whether that's um, you know the int the sort of list of people who are interested. Um, it could even just be a list of ideas of how to continue to market something. 
um, that isn't even profitable yet. Um, so yeah, you can package things up in various different ways to see what would be the most interesting for somebody else to take on and, and run with and um, and sort of make successful in the future, really. So yeah, I think a course could work quite well. Um, I think um, people's apps that they, they've kind of partially built or they've got a long feature list that they've never got round to, if they can package up the code base, if they can tidy up their branding and design ideas and put it together in a neat package, then um, there's no reason why things that have kind of been hanging around on somebody's hard drive can't um, can't be given mm. a new list of life, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, right? There's um, there's definitely a lot of value in the things that we may not think there's value in. And uh, I don't know if you, you follow uh, Daniel Vassallo online. He's been on the show before, and he talks about how you probably have value just kind of hanging around on your computer that you can package up and and sell um, to to someone who who can make use of it and, and and would receive the value from it, right? So, some of your I think he calls it your sawdust, the the thing the the, the byproduct of, of your efforts in you know whatever it is um, coding. Maybe you you work on some kind of like side project just to teach yourself how to learn a new framework or something like that, um, <clears throat> and the result that you might get. It may not seem that valuable. It might just seem like a scrappy piece of code that you, you've got, but that potentially has value to someone, and maybe you can package it up in a certain way so that they can you know, pay a little bit of money for it. So that, that seems to be, um, I, I think that's, that's, that's good advice that, that more people um, should try to heed. Um, you've got uh, you know, a bunch of stuff here, like we said, that, that you've sold. Um, maybe touch on some of these plugins. What You, you said you've got three custom uh, plugins, apps, or bots that you've sold. Um, maybe even just on one of them. Like What, what, what kinds of things do, did these plugins, uh, apps, or bots uh, do? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> um, a couple. One was um, a WordPress plugin, and one was a Slack bot, and there was another one that was um, like a an OCR um, reader that kind of, took um, OCR um, text from uh, an image, for example, that could also be turned into a Slack bot in some way. So there were some similarities with those. Um, so yeah, I mean, they were all quite small. They were all kind of um, a thing that is quite well self-contained in that mm -hmm. um, they were kind of one really small niche idea, maybe for one particular group of people so the wordpress plugin was for writers to help overcome writer's block um so they could just freely write in their uh, blog post in wordpress and leave markers at different stages throughout their blog post that they wanted to come back and fact check and you could mm, okay. um, put markers in there and it would basically automatically look up that phrase or that sentence either on google or wikipedia for you so you could kind of quickly um fill in the blanks and make sure you don't leave these um uh, markers left in your text when you press publish on your post so it would kind of auto a bit of help on the auto find and replace um yeah so okay. there's um uh, lots of different audiences i think it, sometimes it's kind of the intersection of the audience that you may be part of so maybe um develop you know if a developer enjoys writing maybe they build something for writers and um another app that i built was called volunteer engine it was basically a slack bot for team managers and instead of um, just asking people in Slack to can you do a task it would basically mm -hmm. let you post tasks and basically people could um, volunteer for it so um, it was kind of like instead of having to constantly delegate and constantly check 
um, people's time availability. It was just a really quick bot to make sure that um, a manager was giving people the opportunity to step up for tasks that other people mm. may normally get the chance to do. So yeah, it was just um, kind of a, a different kind of take on um, the Slack bots that were out there really. So yeah, it's a, quite a wide range for different audiences. Excellent. Well, <clears throat> maybe something we could talk about now is how you find buyers for these things. Um, so, you know, I think like if you if you're preparing maybe a course for sale uh, and you want to sell it to individuals, kind of on a you know one by one basis, I suppose. Like if in, if individuals are, are purchasing your product, there's certain established ways to you know cultivate an audience, you know market to them online, and, and then eventually offer a sale. Um, but if you're selling like a company or or a product or something like that as a whole, um, what are some of the ways that you find buyers? I, I think a lot of people might be intimidated by this prospect of like creating something that they want to package up totally and then sell and then get off their hands. Is there like a, a particular spot that you look to to find buyers who might be attracted to it or or what do you do? Yeah, sure. So I guess the first thing is actually just just to start listing it for sale. I think some people tend to think, well, um, yeah, this would be quite interesting to sell. I don't know how to sell it, don't know where to sell it, and then they don't really do anything with that. So mm. if um, you just start mentioning, in, whether that's in Slack groups, in forums, um, lots of places have buy and sell channels, especially in the sort of tech um, kind of industries, whether that's developer forums, things like that. Um, yeah, and just start kind of, making it known that, that you have something for sale um you can list in lots of different places like indie maker and um even places like indie hackers maybe and um yeah just there's lots of little kind of side project uh, marketplaces that you can list for free and i think it doesn't really require much upfront work i think a lot of people think that um to start, sell a project you need to commit a lot of time sometimes it's just about getting the item listed a quick summary, setting a price mm -hmm. that you would be happy with, and then you can kind of forget about it until you start getting offers that are of interest, really. Then that's the time okay. to do the work is when you've got an offer on the table. Okay, gotcha. And so once you have an offer on the table, what's your experience with, I guess, I guess getting it to the finish line? Because um, I think if you're dealing at least with, you know, a typical company and you're, you're going into acquisition stages, it's could be stressful uh you know i've never done it myself but everyone i've talked to has said like it's you know there's stress involved there's uh a lot of detail to pay attention to um you know there's negotiations back and forth for a long time um is that the experience you've had here with with uh maybe i guess quote unquote smaller things like these side projects or is it uh is it kind of free from that 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 sort of stress i think i think at the lower the lower levels i think it is um much more simpler i think if you're selling it to an individual who wants to run it themselves um i think they um most of the time people know whether there's an interest there and they haven't got to go through a lot of um kind of policy and procedure that larger organizations do a lot of, um there's still due diligence that you should do on both sides but um i think it can be a lot simpler and you can make it clear what it is that's included in the sale what isn't included in the sale and um yeah i guess one thing is to kind of make sure that um you know, you don't have to kind of spend a lot of time. If you're getting lots of interest, you don't have to spend a lot of time writing the same email out again. You can have a pretty standardized email of, of what the contents is. And if they have, you know, offer to jump on a call with them or ask if they've got any other questions. But um, most of the time, I think if somebody's 
looked at the product and can see what it does. Um, sales tend to happen quite quickly, really. Um, mm. You could even go as far for small projects um, as I've done as just literally listening for sale with a buy now button. It doesn't actually have to be a back and forth. Hmm. It, you know, it doesn't have to be a back and forth acquisition type thing. It can be as simple as buying a product that you only need one buyer for. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Okay. So with that approach, I guess, with the, I mean, make it, yeah, make it simple in terms of like, you just have a, you know, a button that you can click to effectively buy it. But is there, I guess there would be the need perhaps to, um, well, would there be the need for any kind of persuasion at that point? Um, you know, instead of just having, because a buy now button, you know, you see that on, you know, products that you might get like a course or, you know, physical product or whatever. But in this case, since there's like, um, you know, the person purchasing it is going to want to do something with it. Have you found that you, you need some form of persuasion beyond that? I think if the if what it is is clear that you're listing it, if you're saying you're selling your web the website and the domain name and the photography assets <clears throat> and things like that, then that's quite um, you know quite a concise product listing. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the larger the the business, the more complex it is. The the different sort of mm. sales mechanisms it has, you may need to spend more time on it. But in terms of you know a, sl- a slap bot or a WordPress plugin or or, or even just um, you know productized services that have um, some some revenue. Um, I guess it, when you have customers, you need to pass over that. That gets a bit more complex. When you have processes and procedures, you need to record. Then, then yeah, that can be a bit more difficult. But I think um, starting small, starting simple is the best way to approach it. Um, yeah, and just just see what uh, what interests out there first before kind of worrying about how to go about finding finding the people, just um, make the listing and see if there's any interest. That's cool. Um, so, you know, as you're, as you're telling the story here, I, I, I get the sense that you're, you've got the strategy sort of uh, kind of well mapped out around how this works. And, um, and I, think, I think a lot of people who are approaching side projects for the first time might have this sense that like, um, that they shouldn't go into it with any sort of expectation of what m- the outcome might be, like if they have some interest in selling a side project, for for example. And maybe they just say, well, you know, I'll, I'll do this to teach myself something or, you know, for some other benefit. And then if it happens to uh, be attractive as something to sell, then maybe I'll go down that road. Um, but I get the sense that, like, you've been strategic about this. And so um, tell me, is it when you go into a side project like you have uh, over the last two years, you've sold five plus side projects. Is it um, the intent every time to say, okay, I'm going to build this and then I'm going to package it up and sell it uh, at some point in time? Or is it more like happenstance, I suppose? Yeah, I think there's definitely been a, a couple of projects that I've had the aim to continue to run um, for the long term. So Names Ace is one of those. Um, and um, yeah, I guess... The smaller things, I tend to think that it would be easy when I decide to to sell it, and I, I definitely build products and side projects with selling in mind. So things like keeping things separate from your own personal accounts, creating specific email addresses um, to set things up for, so that you can, you know you can literally write a word document with all the details of um, of how the uh, sort of process maps out, and you could you could literally hand that over to somebody without having to sort of the the diff the difficult part can be kind of unpicking the assets from your own personal um accounts and things like that so mm. trying to build a side project with that in mind just makes selling it easy in the future 
if you ever decide to but yeah I think there are some things I, I choose to um, run long term and some things I think would be easy to sell and um, I just try to make that possible really from the beginning nice okay cool so you know one thing that comes to mind that I'm seeing is that like you you work full-time and you've also done so much in the side project uh, area and you, you've sold so many of them um, so I guess like the the question I have is is how what's your secret like how do you find the time to crank out so much work yeah I mean I guess the secret for me really is is in the planning I think um, you can be working on lots of other things and you kind of don't realize the planning that you are doing um, in the back of your mind for various different things and I, I try to keep a lot of notes so that when I do have time to actually build side projects I've got something um, that's kind of ready to go I've got um, I know the tools I'm going to use I know exactly what features I'm going to put in that um, and what features I'm not going to put in that and how self-contained it's going to be um, I've probably already thought of a few marketing um, strategies and the first few people I'll reach out to to share it with. So yeah, I think a lot of it's in the planning. So when you do have a couple of hours, uh, you know, a couple of hours on a Sunday, then you can kind of um, go from zero to one really quickly and um, put in, um, you know, produce something that's that's the product of probably several weeks weeks worth of planning and thinking really. Okay. And so what's like, so if someone is out there and they're, they're saying, yeah, I'd like to start um, down the path on a side project that would lead to me being able to sell it. What's a good way to think about planning at the early stages? Like you've just mentioned, um, you know, you, you, you've got this idea of talking to people who can give you sort of guidance and advice and, 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 and that sort of thing. What's the, what are some other practical, practical things you can do when you, you set out with the planning? Yeah. So I guess, one important thing is the tools that you use impact who can buy your product um, because if you are a developer and you are using the most obscure frameworks or languages for your own learning that's fine but when you come to sell it that makes it really difficult because you niche down to a group of people that are probably harder to find um, so if you are starting from the beginning you want to sell it then the more um, you know commonly used uh, frameworks and languages mean that you are um, exposing uh, potential buyers you know it's it's a much bigger group and similarly uh, on the no code side people who don't write the code but want to put apps together I think that's kind of an untapped market at the moment because you are building something that literally anybody with any skills can take over and you've got such a huge market of people to um, to sell to really so yeah I think just thinking about um, the range of people that will actually be able to buy this based upon how you build it and the, the things that you use to create it really gotcha okay so you've got one thing listed here in your Twitter thread which is that one of your sales was a physical product business and uh, so yeah tell me about the, that business what was the physical product the physical product was office hours cards um, so that was a, a card deck and it was also a digital download as well um, so I sourced a manufacturer for that got that made and yeah it was basically a, um, a card deck for accelerators like Y Combinator and Techstars and things like that so it was like a, a practice pitch deck for you and your team to answer difficult questions um, and rapid fire questions that you wouldn't necessarily know what 
um, was coming next. So it was kind of a combination of of two things, really. People preparing for accelerator interviews and the kind of form factor of um, a card deck, which was seemed to be sort of uh, selling quite well on Kickstarter at that particular time. So um, I thought um, putting something digital into a physical form might be quite a sort of an interesting take on that. Yeah, and that did, did quite well. It launched on Product Hunt and um, it got enough orders, pre-orders to, to create the first batch really, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I'm taking a look at the website now, and uh, you know, it look it looks like a, a great product because it kind of, like you said, it's a it's a physical plus digital thing, and you know, it's a it's an interesting take because it introduces this physical um, product to uh, a market that is largely used to digital goods. I think, right? Um, which is, I think that you know that that contrast probably works well for it. Um, it kind of brings to mind a question for me, which is like, you know, these these ideas that you've got are so creative. Like you, you've you've got great creativity here. Um, you you've done things that are obviously attractive to a lot of buyers. Uh, what what are some of the ways that you come across these ideas? Do they just kind of you know come to you more or less, uh, or or do you kind of go out uh, in search for them in some way? What what's your kind of take on idea generation for these side projects? Yeah, <clears throat> a lot of time I just try and pick a different um, tool or industry um, to try uh, a different business model. So um, most recently I was interested in creating mobile apps and created. Um, a small um, like progressive web app um, and part of that I was interested in um, like print on demand print that as something I hadn't done before so I kind of combined um, these kind of progressive web app tools with also um, using Printful for print on demand for like a t-shirt store as well so I kind of um, pick a couple of tools or a business model and see what I can come up with that would be um, sort of helpful to teach me those ecosystems really and, and test out different ways to sell products and things I've never tried before so what you'll probably find from my list is that um, my list of previous products is that every single one's different <laughs> there is no <laughs> kind of um, I mean there are some similarities in, in lots are around sort of um, design photography images but um, each one has probably got its own slant on it whether it's an app or a physical product or a digital download there's probably something different each time um, and that's probably quite different than most people. Most people prefer to pick and focus on an area, but I think um, learning, learning and trying new things is a great way to find new ideas. And if you notice any trends that are coming up, if if you can combine two things that are um, particularly of interest, whether that's a form factor of a product or a business model with a new tool, then you might come across something that's quite um, uh, quite unique, really. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so one thing that you know, I I, I guess I've, I've sensed from folks I've talked to who want to get into, you know, some kind of business venture, um, likely you know starting out on a side project, for example, is there's some hesitation because, you know, they want they want it to be a success, but they're not sure if they've got the kind of time to devote to it, which would um, you know help to increase its chances of being a success. So 
I wonder, like, did you have, it seems like these kind of, you know, start to roll out easily for you, or at least that's the perception I've got is like, you know, you've done so many of them. And, and so perhaps they just, uh, you know, perhaps it's easy for you to, to kind of roll them out. Um, but, but do you have hesitation each time you approach one or, or did you have hesitation um, initially? And how did you get over any kind of like, um, I don't know, imposter syndrome or kind of any hurdles of hesitation that, that you, that may have been there? I mean, I guess I've been doing this for 10 years, but I've only been really sharing it in the last um, couple of years, really. Um, so that's probably one main thing is that um, I kind of built a lot of these things just for my own enjoyment. And there wasn't really the intention of sharing it with anybody else other than maybe friends um, or, or people who also make things. Uh, and um, so, yeah, I think... Um, having gone through that process so many times I think I've realized there is value in helping other people to do the same thing so I've I've tried to get better at sharing what what I've done and, and how I've done that so there definitely is that kind of learning curve where um there's probably a lot of people building things out there that aren't sharing them and it's the actual the sharing that gets the interest that gets um uh, people looking to purchase it or looking to become a customer or just helping spread the word really so yeah it's a combination of making sure that you you're trying new things and making things but also remembering to, to share it as well which is something i've only just learned <laughs> awesome yeah yeah sharing i you know this is certainly something that i've started to embrace a bit more is sharing um sharing my work as i'm working on it i i found has been a, a good way to capture people's interest um you know, I used to be sort of of the mind that it was only when you finished something and it was in a, you know, a, a polished state that you should really share it um, and that you should talk about it. And only after you've got a lot of experience in a certain domain should you <laughs> attempt to share your opinion on it or something. But I've really started to kind of uh, go the other direction now and, and just embrace the fact that people people like to see the process. People like to see um, what it looks like to, you know, to, for, for people to be working on stuff and to be learning stuff as they go. So, you know, I, I found that uh, to be valuable for sure. Um, you mentioned that you uh, put up office hour cards on product hunts. That was, uh, you know, I, I assume that's one of the, the ways that you got the word out about it. What are some good ways to, like, once you've got a side project and you want to, whether it's you want to, you know, think about selling it as a business or just, like, think about selling the product um, itself, like, uh, you know, um, distributing the product, I guess. What what are some good ways that you've found to uh, to attract attention or to to get prospective buyers looking at the product? In terms of selling the product project as a whole, I think um, doing what you can to um, think about who your buyer will actually be and where are they online and where are they kind of hanging out online. So um, there's lots of Facebook groups, there's lots of Slack forums, Slack groups, and if you can kind of join those communities, um, not necessarily just to kind of drop your advert and then run, but just to contribute and to help and to see if you can kind of build relationships with um, people who are interested in, in starting a business and perhaps uh, haven't got the time to build something. And if you can hand a project over to them, then it's a win-win on both sides, really. So. Um, yeah, I think there's been quite a few. I was quite surprised at um, the number of, um, yeah, Facebook groups out there and and Slack groups that are, um, yeah, I've got these unique little communities that are interested in, in buying, sell, buying and selling product, products. 
um, and also the um, the marketplaces that we've talked about earlier, so indie makers and side projectors, um, and places like that. Um, yeah, so I think there's um, it's just kind of seeding these conversations in different places and trying to be present in them and trying to contribute and um, be known for for kind of helping out, um, and then it sparks a lot of conversations really yeah so it's trying to make conversations and, and build your network that way that's really cool so um you know before we start wrapping up I'd, I'd love to chat about some of the stuff that you're working on we talked about one of them which was office hour cards but you've also got names ace and pod words can you uh, tell us a bit about what those projects are all about and uh perhaps to what's uh what's the future look like for them yeah so firstly uh, pod words was a um a transcription business that I built in 2018 and I ran for just under a year um, and that was one of the um, uh, services that I sold off uh, in the last year or so um, and Names Ace is something I'm currently running at the moment it's basically a, a a site for people interested in buying domain names for their next side project so whether that's uh, joining the free newsletter or um, if you need assistance with finding a particular name for um, something that you're working on and also branded domains as well. So a combination of, of domain names for sale with um, logos and artwork ready to go really. Um, so yeah, that's it's been kind of a, a collection of um, domain name related projects that have finally kind of come together under the brand of Namesace. Um, and that's something that's been around for, for several years there and kind of just, it's an it's an asset that sits in the background and um it's um interesting to meet people and help them find something and and help them in their journey to um picking a name for their new side project really that's great um so yeah maybe before we we wrap up what's um what would you give as advice to folks who are wanting to kick off their first side project i guess uh you know we talked about some of the hesitations that people might have but i guess in general if, if there was kind of one piece of advice that you were to give to folks who who want to to get going on something what uh what would you tell them yeah so i would come back to uh, any notes that you've got any ideas that you've been thinking about what's interesting um and what tools you would like to try out any any new skills that you'd like to learn and see if you can just get value from the actual building process um it's quite tempting to think um you know you get stuck by a, a sort of in this paralysis of, of never starting anything but um you can start with something really small and a project will always expand it you know you can pick something really tiny and there will always be features that you can add um and also just getting feedback on ideas joining communities and um trying to find ways to validate validate ideas and getting better and um not taking it personally if an idea isn't necessarily great so you can validate an idea and if it doesn't work then that's okay um, you can move on to something else you'll have plenty more ideas and um, they're not necessarily unique to you but um, there's lots of ways you can continue to build that kind of muscle in spotting trends and patterns and um, picking things that um, that might work I mean obviously one thing you'll notice from from kind of my side projects is I've listed the things that haven't worked out as well as the things that have um, and then I think it was for every kind of like two projects I made that didn't quite work out or I just let expire there's probably one that ended up being um, either profitable or I sold or 
um, had some kind of good outcome that helped me in some other way. So yeah, just kind of trying things and making sure that um, you're learning things along the way. Excellent. And you've got a you've got a list actually up um, your side project review 2020. It's a document that uh, we'll link up in the show notes and it goes over your your experience uh, for what you've sold, what you retired, you know, what's still going and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing all of this this info so openly. I think this is a great help to to folks who want to embark on this journey. Um, taking you know the lessons that you've learned and and being able to kind of navigate the path with those lessons I think that's huge so I appreciate you sharing all of the info that you have and uh, thank you so much for chatting today where can um, people find you online yeah sure it's been uh, great to chat today Ryan Um, so yeah I'm Helen Riles on Twitter and I also have uh, feedbackfridays.com if anybody wants to have a chat about side projects and looking for any help or advice on side projects all right perfect we'll link all of that up well helen thanks so much again um it's been a pleasure chatting with you and uh i'll chat with you online thanks ryan bye Thank you so much for tuning into the Entrepreneurial Coder podcast today. This has been episode 34 with Helen Riles. If you'd like to get show notes with all the links that Helen mentioned, you can check it out at ecpodcast.io. And you can also subscribe there. Go to ecpodcast.io slash subscribe. And if you would like to leave a rating and review, that would be awesome. Check us out on Twitter as well. Twitter.com slash coder podcast. Twitter.com slash coder podcast.